Welcome to Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings, the podcast which explores the origins, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. I'm Dave Ellingson, adventurer, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. Today's episode in our series, Portaging the Pandemic, takes up our fourth P, play. Hooray, we finally get to play. Finally, we get to have some fun. (laughs) I agree, I can't wait to play. But first, a quick review. Because as my father often said, before you can go outside and play, you need to... You can fill in the blank with do your chores, do your homework, make your bed, clean your room. So play became a kind of reward for work. (laughs) And I have some problems with that. And we will definitely expand our view of play during this episode. But before we do that, let's do that quick review. In this time of pandemic, I'm using the image of portaging to describe how on my paddle adventures and in life itself, we need to sometimes get off the water because of a danger ahead. And so we portage our canoe or kayak, unload it, carry our gear, and after a while we relaunch our craft and our lives. That's hard work. can be frustrating, but it can be necessary and helpful. It can provide safety. It can even be fun. So we have paused, we have pondered, we have prayed, and now we will play. It doesn't have to be in that order, like after we do each of these things, we can then play. (laughs) We can play anytime. And as you will see, we should play a lot more. And it might even become the way we look at life itself. But more on that later. Another P, problem. What's the problem? What's the diagnosis that might lead us to a prescription of play? A number of years ago, a friend wrote a provocative and insightful book entitled Work, Play, and Worship in a Leisure-Oriented Society. I've never forgotten the essential teaching in this book. He said, we worship our work. We work at our play, and we play at our worship. Let me repeat that. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. Let's unpack this wisdom with an example or two. First, we worship our work. Of all the addictive behaviors in our society today, work addiction, he contended, and I agree, is the most prevalent. Even though over the years we've reduced the work week to 40 hours, 
how many listeners work many more hours than that each week? And in this pandemic time, even with remote work, I believe our workloads have increased. And after many online meetings, my friends say I'm zoomed out. I'm not saying work is bad. Just when it becomes a dominant part or the dominant part of our lives, it certainly becomes our religion. We worship our work. I agree with Martin Luther, who said, we each have a calling to use our gifts for the good of others. And we hope that that work provides a living wage. But work addiction is simply not healthy. (laughs) We may become wealthy, but the Bible reminds us to not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And here's the key line, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Second, we work at our play. In my friend's book, which was written as the field of recreation, was beginning to be studied. He paints an unforgettable picture of this problem of working at our play. Imagine a family loaded into their RV with a boat trailered behind and bikes tied down on the top as they leave their home in the city for a weekend in the countryside. (laughs) They're stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And dad, who is driving, pounds the dashboard and shakes his fist in the air and yells in frustration, we're going to have a good time this weekend if it kills us. (laughs) The point here is not to disparage getting outdoors or enjoying the natural world, but the danger of so commercializing and commodifying recreation that we lose the joy and play becomes another form of work. And we come home from our vacation, not refreshed, but exhausted. And finally, we play at our worship. The author is a religious person, so he isn't attacking being in the church or a person of faith, but he's pointing out a danger. Once a week, lots of people get dressed up and go to church. And while in church, they do a number of things that they don't usually or often or regularly do during the rest of the week. They sing. They pray. They engage in caring conversation. They give money to help other people. My point here is not to single out well-meaning people of faith, but, but simply to point out that often what happens on Sunday morning doesn't get integrated into the daily life we live during the rest of the week. And so we play church. I think there's a lot of truth in this diagnosis. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. So what is the pandemic prescription? It's the play, of course. But what does it mean to play? 
Let's begin with the familiar expression which my mother used many times. David, go outside and play. You've all heard that I am the ants in the pants kid and now adult. And I couldn't sit still as a boy. But no drugs were prescribed. And I was never told, go to your room. David, go outside and play. First, notice that going outside invites a different spirit in me and most people. This has certainly become challenging in an increasingly urban environment and with safety issues becoming a, a basic concern. But I would contend that being outside is an essentially freeing activity. It opens us up. It stimulates our senses. It makes us more alert and alive. A researcher of culture and human behavior, John Huizinga, wrote a book, Homo Ludens, The Play Effect in Cultures. We all know we are Homo sapiens, which means thinking beings or intelligent beings. Homo ludens means playing beings. Husinga's research of cultures around the world found that an essential quality of being human was play. While Homo sapiens or sapiens leads to thinking and hopefully wisdom, Homo ludens leads to play and ultimately freedom. He states very boldly that play is, in fact, freedom. When I went outside to play, I was free to climb trees, build forts, skip rocks on the lake in summer, and ice skate in winter. I didn't try to play. I just played. It came naturally, and I experienced wonder-filled freedom. Jean Piaget, the early learning theorist, spoke of small children as little scientists who are constantly experimenting and playing. And as a result, more learning takes place in the first three years of life than in any other period. Can you remember play acting? playing school, <laughs> playing doctor, those amazing early learning experiences we had when we tried on adult roles and play acted being a teacher or a parent or an athlete. I have wonderful photographs from childhood of my sister and me having pirated clothes from my parents' closet and wobbling around in oversized shoes and coats and hats. Something very important is going on in this play acting. Children are making believe and trying on new things. They're wondering what they might be later in life. And they're using their imagination. And in that freedom and play, they are growing and learning and having fun. 
We've all heard the words of Jesus when he said, Have the children come to me. To such belongs the kingdom of heaven. We usually interpret this to mean that Jesus is applauding the faith or the openness of the little ones. While this is certainly true, I think he is also inviting adults to recapture the playfulness of children and with it their sense of wonder and awe and freedom. Ever wonder why after a long day of play, children usually go right to sleep and we adults, after a long day of work, suffer from insomnia? (laughs) Go outside and play, my friends. In this time of pandemic, especially as the holidays approach and the transmission of the virus is greatly increased by indoor activities, go outside and play. Each afternoon, rain or shine, I go outside and play. I walk, I ride my bike, I paddle my kayak, or I just sit and breathe deeply and savor the creation. If you don't want to go outside and play because of the weather, remember the Norse proverb, there is no bad weather, only inadequate clothing. For my Northwest friends, as we enter the rainy season, Gore-Tex gear will allow you to go out for a wonderful walk on wet days. (laughs) Make sure you don't forget to splash in a puddle. For my cold weather friends, you are never too old for snow angels or breaking the ice on puddles. If we forget, our kids or grandkids will remind us, take them along to be our guides and go outside and play. Let me introduce another understanding of play that I learned while kayaking my ancestral fjords in Norway. It's called Freeluftsliv, or fresh air life. It's an idea embodied by Nordic peoples who play outside in all four seasons. My teacher here is Swedish friend, outdoorsman, and professor Hans Geltner. First, he says what Freeluftsliv is not it is not recreation or the attendant industry or business. It's not sports or games. It's not environmental or ecological studies. While each is good and useful and worth pursuing, fresh air life is about simply being outdoors, enjoying and immersing oneself in the natural world. As the poet Mary Oliver says, it's about paying attention, being astonished, and telling about it. A favorite example comes from my hero, John Muir, who with childlike play-filled wonder would climb a tree to experience the wind or stand under a waterfall to enjoy the spray. Hans Geltner writes, movingly about this fresh air life. The breathtaking big sky above us, the river valley bordered by magnificent mountains, 
and the sensation of undisturbed wildlife surrounding us causes a deep emotional storm of happiness within, filling my eyes with tears. A spiritual, almost religious feeling I often experience in nature. This landscape absorbs me so completely, entering through all my senses and directly touching my limbic system. This gives me a sensation of total integration with this land, a strong feeling of being at home in a place I have never visited before. It's not surprising that the Nordic countries, Norway and Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Iceland, when surveys are done, are the happiest places on earth. And I think the key is being outside in fresh air life and play. This time of pandemic is painful. It's exhausting. And it can be very lonely. So remember to pause, to ponder, to pray, and <laughs> to go outside and play. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, and this has been Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings the podcast which explores the origins, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. Tune in to Say What on your mobile device, computer, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our next episode in this series on portaging the pandemic will focus on the next P, pair. I hope you'll join me. For more information on my books and films and availability to do Zoom presentations, check out my website at dellingson.com. And thanks for listening, paddling, portaging, pausing, pondering, praying, and playing. <laughs>